Can 36 questions make you fall in love? Welcome to After Hour Happy Hour. We are your chaotic but cathartic co-hosts. I'm Sharon. I'm Jamila. And I'm Vicky. So today, we're going to be talking about the topic of Can 36 Questions Lead to Love? So for a little bit of background, New York Times wrote this article way back in 2015, and they basically list out 36 questions, and it's divided into three sets, and essentially it's a study that says that these 36 questions can help lead to love when you ask a stranger or you sit down on a date and you ask these questions. So today, we're just going to fall in love with each other. This concept is supposed to be tested with a date, right? In a scenario where you're meeting someone for the first time, is that the synopsis that this test provides? Yeah, to explore intimacy because these questions open up answers or like a conversation, basically. There are 36 questions and as a group, we went over all of them together and we chose some of them that we wanted to answer and that was a little bit more applicable. But if you guys would like to follow along with us and answer the questions with us, feel free to pull it up. We'll leave the link in all the description boxes below. To start off, the first question is, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Does anyone want guest mine? Mark Twan. How did you know, Sharon? Wow! Who would have guessed? Okay, how about everyone? If your answer is someone in your K-pop stand bias group, then answer that, but also answer someone else who's not in that group. I could go because mine isn't in my group. Javilla, I'm a little influenced because yesterday I spent all day watching Jubilee videos. They find very interesting people to have conversations about, and one of them is a witch, basically. He practices witch rituals. It's his career. Like, he performs spells and, like, does all these things. And in the video, people were asking him questions and he was answering them, but I feel like it was bouncing around a certain topic. And I was like, I want to have a full conversation with you where you tell me about your job, what made you go into this career. It's such an interesting topic. Like, I didn't even know that existed where people are witches, you know? And I want to learn more. I thought you might have said Peach One. I thought you were going to say, like, the CEO of Jubilee or something. I was going to be like, oh. Oh, no. I, I might have someone else later when I think about it. But as of right now, it's also because I watched their videos yesterday. Canto Mando. I know it's three people. But they're just really fun people, and I would just love to play games and have dinner with them because they just seem super chill and fun. I'm pretty sure you guys would be able to guess mine, both BTS and not. B? No, I said BTS as a whole. That, you're being greedy. <laughs> I know, all seven? And then not BTS? Can you guys guess? Lau. Elenium? No, Harry Styles. Oh. Lau was a good one, though. I didn't think about that. But yeah, probably Harry Styles. Next question. Would you like to be famous in what way? Yes. Yes, Jamila, but like what way? Yeah, are you going to elaborate or not? I thought you guys were going to answer it first too. No, you can answer. <laughs> I say yes because one of my child dreams was to become an actress and then I'm, I want to become a host. And then I'm also very open to being content creation. So I feel like my dream careers kind of deal with that side of the industry. I think it was in a documentary that Sharon was talking about, about Blackpink, grass is always greener on the other side. Um, like, you know, as an idol, obviously they go through that stuff and we don't see it. Maybe when I'm actually in a position, I'll be like, oh, I don't want to be famous. But as of right now, I'm super down. <laughs> 
I would also like to be famous, and I have two different ways. One, I would want to be a Western singer famous. That sounds a lot better than being a K-pop idol because I'm trying to talk about anything I want and not be monitored. The second way would be some type of activist. I think I interpreted the question a little different because I said full-on celebrity status famous. I said no. For example, like Kim K, like just really, really, really famous and big. And for me, I don't think I could live that kind of lifestyle. If I were to be a celebrity, I think the max would be an artist or a singer. And I think I would want to have some sort of platform where I have an audience to share. Like you said, if you believe in something strongly or if you can make a difference, that's the kind of famous I would want, but more like behind the scenes, not so straight out there in the world. Imagine being Beyonce famous. Maybe because I'm a fake fan, but I know nothing about Beyonce. Besides that she has kids, she's married to Jay-Z, and her private life is private. And that's crazy that she's so global, but she's also so private. Dude, but honestly, like, I feel like being famous would be really scary because everyone makes mistakes, right? And if you make an honest mistake, and even if you own up to it, you can... Cancel culture is toxic, bro. Yeah. All right, guys. So what would constitute as a perfect day for you? Dude, I've answered this question a couple of times. First off, not waking up to an alarm would be perfect. Just waking up whenever I want, being productive, doing something for like a certain amount of time. And then at the end of the day, I get to just not do work and then just sit and like Netflix or read or just like what I actually want to do that's not career oriented. And then spend the whole night doing that and going to bed whenever I want. That would be the perfect day. Right now, because we're in quarantine, so anything that involves leaving my house seems pretty perfect. In this moment, my perfect day will be kind of like Vicky said, like in the morning, kind of being productive or doing something I enjoy. Like honestly, filming podcasts with you guys is something I really enjoy. So it's something that I would also be down to do in my perfect day. And that at night, we could go out, go a happy hour, you know, go out and have fun. So it'd be like a mixture of both. That would be my perfect day right now. And my perfect day in the short and sweet version would just be being happy, starting the day happy, ending the day happy. And I think it's just doing things that I like genuinely love to do, not because I have pressure to do it. So yeah, waking up early, reading a book, going to the gym, eat my favorite foods, watch a movie, and then going to the beach. There's beaches in South Central? No. (laughs) Not in South Central. I would go to like SD or something. Next question, do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? The deep stuff now. I feel like Vicky does. I do. (laughs) What is it? How do you know that? I don't know. Like, you would be the one person that would think of the ways that you would die. That's unconventional. Okay, it's pretty conventional. How I want to die is different from how I think I will die. How do you think you will die? Okay, how I think I would die is I have a disease and I don't go get it checked out. Ever since a little kid, I've had so many different pain problems with my body to the point where like right now, if I had a heart attack, I'd probably be like, oh, it's just a cramp. I'll wait it out. If my appendix burst, I'd be like, oh, it's a cramp. Obviously, I've never been to that amount of pain, but I feel like my body has had so many issues. I'll sleep it off and then it'll be fine. And that's my go-to solution for anything because that has worked so far. So one day it's going to be a not sleep-offable pain and I'm just going to die. But don't you get like 
annual checkups? I do. Okay, this is the thing. For people who don't know about doctors, let me inform you because I've been there like 50 million times. They don't know what is happening to you unless you tell them. I have so many pains happening to me that sometimes I just leave things out. I forget. Like I remember there was one point where I'd have to write it in my notes because so many things that were happening to me. What is wrong with you? I didn't know you were in pain. That's why I feel like I have a good pain tolerance is because sometimes I'm just in pain. I'm like, eh, this happens so often. Like what? what is an example? So sometimes at night I can't sleep because I have leg pain. I used to describe it to my mom and my mom was like, oh, those are growing pains. I'm way past the age to be growing right now. Sometimes at night I just lay there for a couple hours and my leg just feels like it's on fire. And then when I wake up the next day, it's like fine. Ma'am, you should get that checked. Yeah, see, things like that, it's normal to me. It's happened to me for so long that it's like, I'm not dead yet, so it's fine. There's one time where my chest hurt every breath that I took in college. It was like a year ago. And I was so freaked out that I called my dad and he was like, just wait it out. Maybe you'll be fine. And it was like for that for like two days and then it was done. You should get checked out, Vicky. That sounds like a serious problem. <laughs> I think you had angina. Oh, maybe. What's that? It's like the chest pain. I, I got the I term know that Carly. from iCarly. <laughs> Does anyone else have a hunch of how you will die? Honestly, I thought about it and I would say I could be kind of reckless. So if I were to die, it would be an accidental death in my early age. Same. I think I would die in a very stupid way. Not that any death is stupid, but like I would accidentally slip in the shower and crack my head open kind of thing. Like a freak accident. Yeah. Or like I think just random. Oh, Sharon was on a plane and she suddenly combusted. Dude, in Grey's Anatomy, someone's mom died because of the hiccups. So that could be you. <gasps> yes! See, like that. I- I'm sorry, like, if any of us ever die from hiccups, I just don't know how I'm gonna speak at your funerals. I wouldn't want my funeral to be sad. Like, you guys could make jokes about that. I wouldn't care. <laughs> Let's move on. This is too too gruesome. For what in your life do you feel most grateful for? You guys! Wait, that's not your actual answer, right? Could be! <laughs> affectionate jam's been sober what's your answer jam honestly for everything right now being in quarantine because there's so much time to reflect on like what you have and how at least for me like how lucky i am to be in a situation we don't have like really immediate like financial concerns and i'm really lucky to be working at a really awesome company so i'm honestly just really grateful I think going off of that similarly, it's weird, but when I read this question, for some reason I thought of just being a good person. I'm not the best person, but seriously grateful that I'm not a shitty or straight up evil person. With everything going on, like, do you ever like go on social media and people just say some like evil things? I would never go out of my way to comment, even if I don't like you on someone's post and be like you don't belong here or like you're a waste of space or whatever what kind of environment you have had to grow up to become that shitty of a person so i think like quarantine has just i don't know made me more like compassionate i guess so yeah just not being a shitty person i don't know how to say this without sounding like i hate myself but like (laughs) i'm grateful for growing up ugly or like growing up not the best looking because that built character the amount of times my family or like my dad would be like you don't look good Now I can like take anything from anyone most of the time. A lot of how I was brought up and stuff like that made me who I am and like all the trauma and stuff. Built character, fam. I don't know how else to say that. Thank you, you're beautiful. Dude, I high key feel when I came back from Asia where I gained like 
a good amount of weight, my mom was like, oh my god. Same. Dude, when I was like in a relationship and I got relationship weight, my dad went in on me. I feel like I can take a lot when it comes to like verbal abuse, I guess, <laughs> because nobody's gonna hurt me the way my dad does. Asian families, they don't say it to hurt you. They say it as if it's a fact. That's true. Or like growing up, Asian culture is just very like fix it versus I guess I know a lot of other people are just like, you're beautiful, you're perfect. I mean, you are, but like, give me some of that rough shit. Our parents love us, I swear. This is how Asian people show love. <laughs> So for our next question, is there anything you would change about the way you were raised? It's hard to answer, but I feel like maybe a little bit more support growing up. I think I was groomed to believe that just some things were just never enough kind of thing. Of course, what my parents would tell me, it's in the concept of you can always do better, which I believe in. But I think growing up like naive and, you know, my brain not fully developed, I think I just interpreted a lot of things as like not supportive or not being supported. So I guess like a little bit more support. Yeah, I will also agree with Sharon. But in my sense, it was just growing up feeling like what you were doing was not meeting the expectations. So I feel like having that kind of mentality really, I guess, ingrained into my head. I think mine is very similar, but also like specific to my mom. I remember growing up, my mom would tell me I was low-key born with bad luck. So I'd have to work harder for what I <laughs> what I wanted. A lot of opportunities for other people might be easier for them, but she'd be like, oh, you have to work harder. You have to go out of your way to do stuff. She like meant well for me, obviously. She wanted me to push myself. But for me growing up, I was like, oh, fuck, anything that happened wrong. Oh, it's my bad luck. I would victimize myself. And it isn't also to like recent years where I'm like, why am I doing that? Obviously, I got to work harder for what I want. That's not a bad thing to have to do that. Okay, so the next question is, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? Do being able to eat and not gain weight. You don't even understand how much I want that. Homegirl loves food. Yes, all know (laughs) that. And homegirl could eat. But like, I just gain weight really easily. So being able to eat and not gain weight. That's life-changing. Shit, I was thinking like professionalism, but that's a good one. You can really tell this is the only question I thought about. Real passionate about this one. What what would you say, Sharon? Dude, I don't know. I struggled with this one. I think quality, maybe just less self-doubt sometimes. Like I think I'm just way too hard on myself sometimes. I guess in a way, confidence. But ability-wise, I think singing would be great. Ooh, yeah. I just thought of this on the spot, which I think is really good. Absorbing the personality of whoever I'm hanging out with just so that I could really bond with anyone that I meet. I feel like a lot of people get along with people better who they feel similar to, something along those lines. If I could just like be able to connect with whoever I hang out with, opens up a lot more opportunities and connections. I think you need to give yourself more credit though, because I think you do do that. Really? To you, it might not feel like it. In conversations and when you're meeting people, you always have the best interest of getting to know them. So yeah, I feel like I'm just like, I sit there and listen, but I don't give. My question was, what if the person across from you is also, I guess, like more of an introvert? We both sit in silence. I guess like absorbing personality in the sense of knowing how to approach this person. Being able to like cater myself toward, wow, that sounds so bad. I don't want to cater myself to anybody, but cater myself to this person's interests, you know, so that we could talk more and I don't feel awkward and you don't feel awkward because we just get along great. What do you value most in a friendship? 
or what does friendship mean to you? I actually don't know this about you guys. What do you guys value? What do you like? I can't exactly pinpoint characteristics, but I would say like what we have as a trio is something that I really, I think is like ideal friendship to me. And it's made my expectations for friendships a lot higher. I guess giving the example is better than me trying to explain what it means to me. Yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, connection is a big thing, but something that I don't look for, but I know it's good friendship if it's there. It's how comfortable I am with you. For example, if I can go into a hang out and not have to worry about things like what am I going to talk about what are we going to do today do I want to go home already like that kind of thing then I know that what we have is comfortable and it's a safe space for me and how willing I am to share things with you so I think those things are what I find value in a friendship to add on to that I would say people who can take a joke or can I can roast them especially if I'm comfortable around you I don't need to think about what I say and so if you're a good friend to me I don't think about what I say and sometimes I just roast you without thinking about it and if you could take it that's also important to me yeah actually another thing I could think of maybe it's more relevant to me but I would say in certain things I, I'm pretty short-tempered but then if it's a group of people I'm comfortable around I don't think about filtering myself as much like the short-temperedness might just come out and then like you guys know that okay it's just jam being jam in the moment and it's never like anything personal for me personally that's an indication of how comfortable I am because I'm just not filtering myself out so next question is what is your most treasured memory memory (laughs) memory what is your most treasured memory that's really hard it is actually i have one jam favorite story that i tell my memory is when i was a kid seriously dude like it's such a fond memory to me because it's one funny Two describes my relationship with my dad, and I just I will always always remember this memory. So when I was a kid, my dad would put me and my sister through math lessons, and as part of that, he put us on to like online math classes, and he would sit next to us to watch us do it. And <laughs> my dad one time was sitting next to me while I was doing it, and I knew how to do this math problem, but because he gave me so much anxiety sitting next to me doing it I was like never getting it right and I could see him get more and more frustrated and I have such a vivid memory of seeing him get up and go to the kitchen to get a stock of green onion and I knew I was like fuck he's about to hit me (laughs) he came back sat next to me and be like better do it right and I was like bro if I don't get this right he's gonna smack me and I didn't get it right and so he raised the stock of green onion to hit me and because I knew it was coming I scooted back and my dad whacked the crap out of my eye because I scooted back and I got my first black eye in my life from my dad and that's not even the best part of the story the best part of the story is my dad freaked out when it hit my eye and he was like you have to lie to your mom don't tell her that I did this to you and I actually lied to my mom for my dad and I told her I ran into a doorknob or something and my mom was like what that's my most treasured memory. Is um using a stock of green onion like a common common tool that your parents use? No, I think my dad was just so frustrated that he got up, went somewhere, and the first thing he saw, he just grabbed. <laughs> and it happened to be a stock of green onion. He wanted to grab a glass of water to cool himself down, but then he opens the fridge like, hmm, a stock <laughs> of onion. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Normally, my dad smacks me with a ruler, which I'm glad he didn't do that. <laughs> the rulers hurt. Combs, hairbrushes, oh, hell slippers. No. 
Wow. Well, I'm glad that your childhood trauma is one of your favorite memories. Dude, I can't believe I lied for my dad. I should have just let my mom yell at him. That's so cute. You covered for your dad, even though he beat you with a freaking <laughs> stock. For real. Yep, that's my memory. Oh, I feel like I have a lot, but the one that really pops up in my head right now because it's the most recent one is probably my study abroad. I know it's like four months. It's a really long memory, but I really wish I could go back to a better time. Like this time last year right now, I was having so much fun in Asia. So that's like my most treasured memory right now. Okay, um, warning in advance. I thought of this answer yesterday at night when it was quite late. And um, it's about to be time of the month for me. So uh, <laughs> yeah. She's gonna sim. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's not about you guys. <laughs> you have to say it. Don't say it. We'll just move on to the next question if it's not about us. No. <laughs> it's about me. Anyway, specifically March till June of 2019. Like those time frames of the months were my best memory so far that I could think of because it was a time when I was like the most happiest I had ever been in my entire life so that's cheesy I think it's just because you guys know to an extent like the late 2018 after <clears throat> breakup <clears throat> just wasn't a good time and I think during that time I just really focused on myself I picked up when I was told not to I got an internship that I never thought I would be able to get and I guess I just really focused on not putting limitations to myself and focusing on I guess my own personal growth and I also like mended a lot of my friendships during that time so I think just those three months of solid happiness was just yeah do you remember that letter I wrote you yes it's right there it's my box I, I think I wrote something like I'm scared that tomorrow I'll this happiness will go away so I just wanted to write this when I'm happy and like blah 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 Sharon you know from our previous episodes seems like she has a stone cold face but her heart is warmer than the lava she got a big heart people thanks the next question is the opposite. What is your most terrible memory? I feel like I have a good amount, but I think it all comes down to when acting out of emotions, like negative emotions towards friends or family that I didn't want to. Like sometimes I just like snap at my parents and it's things that I definitely wish I could take back. You know, right after I do it, I'm like, okay, why did I do that? I know it's not a specific memory, but it's just a lot of moments like that that I wish I could be like in more self-control of my emotions and not snap out like that. That was a good answer, but I'm trying to think of mine. I think all my times where my introvert self peaked and I've created bad situations for myself in a sense when I would get so anxious about a situation that I acted very disrespectfully like I remember when I was younger we'd go to like family dinners a lot and stuff and you know how like Asian restaurants it's a circle table that you sit at if you go inside to a, a, a seat like obviously you're stuck in that seat you can't really move without it being like super obvious that you're leaving and stuff and so I remember there was one dinner where it was a random family member that we were meeting for dinner and I got so nervous to sit next to this person that I didn't know that when I was walking into the seat I saw that I was about to sit next to her I turned around looked at my sister and I was like can you sit there that was like blatantly like disrespect because I didn't want to sit next to this random person 
I was also with my cousin and I, I could see in my cousin's face. He was like, why did you do that? And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I fucked up. And it wasn't like ill-intentioned of me. I was just so anxious about sitting next to someone I didn't know and having to carry a conversation and like being polite that my body reacted before my brain told me that it was disrespectful. And I feel like that happens a lot when like I see someone that I used to know in the street and I'm like, let me ignore them. And it's obvious that I saw them and I wish that I could take those back. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. I just got nervous that's such a wholesome bad memory though that's so vicky too i felt so bad afterwards till this day i still remember that memory and i was like 10 it was my 16th birthday it was probably like the worst day of my childhood 16 was what high school probably like sophomore junior year when things were rough with like sats and college prep and my mom and i's relationship was just not good i used to go to church when i was younger so it was sunday and i was getting ready for church it was my birthday i was like curling my hair just you know and then i remember my mom was coming like came in she was like why are you doing your makeup why are you doing your hair and i was like bro it's my birthday and we just got into a huge argument and i remember like crying all day and yeah it was just not a good time i swear my mom and i are actually friends and like we're good now but at the time it was not good yeah teenage angst really gets you what roles do you love and affection play in your life and then i'm gonna add on to this this was the first time I've ever heard this type of question, but like, what type of skinship do you like? So I understand love and affection, but I don't depend on it. I don't need to hear I love you or I don't need you to touch me affectionately like as a friend to know that you're grateful for me or whatever. I don't know, maybe it's because like the way Asians grow up, just they don't need all that love and affection. But even for us, we're not the type of friends where like, we love you, I love you, like have a great day or like, you know, maybe when we're drunk, we'll be like, I'm glad you're in my life. But I don't think we rely on love and affection to know that it's there. So I think that's my answer in terms of what kind of physical touch. Are you asking in like when you're dating someone? Dating or like people in general? Okay, People in general, I've never been good with affection physically. For example, Dahi, you guys know my childhood best friend. That girl used to always put her head on my shoulder or like, let's cuddle in bed together. I'd be like, get off me now. I was never good at it, but I enjoy hugs when it comes to a boy. If I genuinely like you, I think I would enjoy physical touch. But then sometimes it's weird because I'm good at, for example, writing letters to people. And I've been told, oh, you write good letters that are like heartfelt or whatever so i think for me it's easy to express affection towards other people when it's written through text and maybe to an extent verbally but i think when receiving it sometimes i'm like okay <laughs> yeah love and affection you say that like it's so foreign <laughs> jamila she's like what is that okay i swear it's not foreign but i feel like when i give or receive i just get awkward okay of us three we're all pretty not affectionate people but at the same time i feel like i'm the most affectionate of us three drunk okay i guess like when i'm like not sober i think it's the asian culture like because my parents are definitely not the type to be like oh i love you have a good day sweetie you know my mom is not even really a hugging person i don't even remember how many times we hugged like not gonna lie so i think just growing up with that i've always i guess just been awkward about giving it and receiving it if i'm like really conscious about it sharon's like really good at expressing herself through words and i suck at that too so i don't know i think i'm just an actor 
action type of person. I think you know if I love or care for you through actions more than like what I say. I think for Jam, it's so interesting because I never have a smidge of doubt how much affection she has because when she's drunk there's not a time when she does not show you affection it's crazy she's like Sharon like what would I do without you and I'm like bro like where does this come from tears just streaming down her face because she's so appreciative of you yeah it's so funny but then it's like when Becky sometimes she's like love you guys when I know when was it when we were living together? But Vicky would be like, can you just say it back? Oh, I say that to Jamila because you're so not affectionate sober. <laughs> I'm like, Jamila, just love me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, mm, I don't know about that one. <laughs> but then in terms of skinship with friends and stuff, if I'm not sober, then like hugging. I think hugging's a big big one. But I guess with a <laughs> with a significant other. I know I'm laughing with a significant other. I've been single for so long <laughs> that the idea of it is like <laughs> hilarious but with a significant other it'll probably just be hugging or cuddling yeah that type you know what's funny now that you guys bring up parents is like of anybody in my life I think I'm most affectionate with my parents I'm still a baby around them like I still kiss my parents cheek and I still tell them I love them like all the time and I make them say it back with friends and significant other I don't I'm okay initiating it but if you do it to me I'm just like what are you doing like (laughs) don't I don't know why that is because I, I grew up with a lot of affection. So it's not like I'm that's fo- a foreign concept to me. I think a big part of it is I don't value myself based on the love that I get. If I love myself, that's good enough for me. I don't need someone else to love me for me to love myself. And so when people show affection to me, I'm just like, whoa, please don't. In terms of skinship, I really like small touches to be reminded that you're there, but not necessarily like your whole body on me, you know? (laughs) I don't need to have your whole body on me, but oh, when you're passing by and you touch my back or like hold my elbow or something like that, I don't know. I think small touches to remind you or remind me that you're in my life. I appreciate that. Dude, I think the biggest thing that confuses me about Vicky is your levels of love and affection. Because anybody listening listening can be like oh Vicky maybe she is afraid of getting hurt so she protects herself and doesn't take or give love and affection to other people but it's not that at all like genuinely if someone were to come up to you and show you affection you'd be like why and it's so weird to me I don't get it I'm trying to figure it out because my sister says the same thing about me because I can show affection to her but when she shows it to me I'm like bro back off I I don't know (laughs) the most love and affection that I don't know how to respond to is if it were to come from my parents mm-hmm. i'd be like it's okay you don't have to say it like please don't kind of i don't know i think love and affection is just so different when it comes to family friends and like an so definitely yeah the next question is complete the sentence i wish i had someone with whom i could share actually that's a very weird question i mean i'm a simple person i just want to share ice cream with mark is that too much to ask for Okay, that was a joke one. That was a joke one, okay. She was not joking, Mark. You act like he's ever gonna listen to this. Maybe one day, one day, one day, you never know. 
I wish we could just be together right now and just, I guess, like share quarantine together. I don't know. Do you know how freaking lit that would be if yeah. we spent quarantine together? Dude, we could literally create like a mini cafe in the living room by day and then nightclub by night. Dude, for real. Wow, this is gonna sound so head ass, but my love for somebody, I feel like I have a lot of love to give, but not the right person to. So I want to one day actually find someone that I could fully express my love to. Both of you, I want to know before I give my answer, do you think you've ever experienced giving your all to someone because you wanted to? In a way, yes. Not like my all, but I've seen myself, that, like seen the capability of myself doing it. You too, Vicky? Yes, I do. Well, my answer is pro- basically what Vicky said about like sharing your love for someone. Or I think my immediate answer was, this is going to be so cheesy. I wish I had someone with whom I could share my life with. <laughs> It's more in the sense of Vicky said where I want to experience being with someone where I want to do all these things for you. I want to do all these things because I want to show the affection and appreciation that I have for you. Not because I have to. I think out of all of us three, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like I could be most affectionate when it comes to partner. I think you could be the cheesiest. Yeah. Even when I talk to you guys about romantic scenarios or whatever, a lot of the times you guys are like, mm, I wouldn't or mm, not really. Whereas I'm, I guess, a hopeless romantic where I do want to have those moments kind of thing. Us three is just an anomaly in itself. You would think this way about us, but we're like, no, we're completely opposite of that. Next question. If you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? Why haven't you told them yet? My answer is I don't think I'd regret not telling anyone and I would hope that if I were to die no one that I know would regret not having told me something because I think that guilt just I don't think anybody should feel that but I feel like if not me someone else were to die depending on that person maybe I would regret not telling you that's how I interpreted the question. I feel like because my most recent head ass thing is being in a relationship and like with him we had such different love languages that it was clear he didn't believe that I loved him as much as I did and so I want to convey that in some way just so that he one doesn't walk away thinking that he put in more or he loved me more and that's a sucky feeling and also on my behalf is just why did you doubt do I not know how to love someone like I want to be able to prove to you that I, I do I can I'd have to be dying to say shit like that Honestly, right now, I really can't think of anything that I... Like, maybe I wish I've taken back some of the stuff I said, but not really, like, regret not having said some of the stuff, at least right now. Would you regret not saying you love your parents? Okay, my parents know I love them, though, so I don't have to say it. Alright, last question then. Your house containing everything you own catches fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be and why? If I owned gold or jewelry, I would take that because that's money right there. But you don't. So what would you save? I'm just being really practical here, but just anything of value. The question was one thing. Does it have to be what I currently own? Yeah. I don't own anything of value. I'm 
really looking right now, and I would say my my net worth weighs in my makeup collection. <laughs> I also don't think I have much assets that have a lot of value. So maybe my journal, like my physical journal, it's not deep. It's because I have terrible memory. So down the line, when I don't remember anything, I could look back on the things that I wrote and be like, those are good days. Those were sad days. And yeah. I was gonna say my computer, but now that you say journal, it's hard because I have a lot. Yeah, your bullet journals. Yeah, I've been writing and journaling since I was a little kid. And so I have a lot of journals saved up i don't know if that all counts as one thing i'm just gonna count it all as one thing yeah like in a box oh yeah it's in a box yeah so my box of journals because serves a lot of memory so those were a few of the questions that we answered out of the 36 questions that will lead to love i think we're 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 fall, fell in love with each other after this episode no i was gonna say hey if anyone listening fell in love with us hit us up bye <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs>